Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Uh, always with the strong magical realism. That's what's mm-hmm. up. Yeah, um, that's, that's, that's right. So today we will be reading an anthology. Woo, an anthology. Yay. Um, <laughs> Woo. <laughs> what the fuck under- was that? <laughs> Wait, that was so weird. Why did I do that? Anyway, continue. Oh my God. I feel like if, oh, we, if, this, if we, the people are going to know like this is, this is not like a high production podcast because if, if so, we <laughs> have like sound effects or something, <laughs> which we don't have. Like, we don't. Us. We we surely do not. It's just the two of our black asses. So facts. But what we don't have in effects, we make up in spunk. So Hello. look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and today we're gonna be reading <laughs> "Under the Belly of the." Be- <laughs> oh my god! Today we're gonna be reading "Under the Belly of the Beast," an anthology edited by Corey Bratby Rudd and mm-hmm. published by Dissonant. Dissonance Press, which is a dope ass name. Dissonance Press sounds like yes, it is. You know. That's what in Hunger Games. That's what they're they're publishing the pamphlets from, you know, to stop no, the. That, that's literally <laughs> what I thought of. Like, dead I was like, this sounds right? like some post-apocalyptic, like we're all dying type shit. But I'm also about right. it, so like, thank God. Right, that or like a zine. You know what I mean? Like it's probably a, like a zine publishing company. Anyway. Oh my God, um, TBT. T- wait, are zines still around? I feel like they're still around, but like also the internet. You know, like, true. I mean, like a zine. That's, I mean, like, uh, it's like a blog now. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was like, bro right. what the fuck is this intro anyway so this is press <laughs> right 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 this is press they're a publishing company which focuses on publishing writing that creatively responds to expectations limitations and exclusions from the literary machine which mm. again dope no that yes. sounds that's that sounds fucking amazing yeah like honestly like We'll get into this in the discussion, but there is a welcome piece. It's actually written by Raka Aoki, who, if you all know hey. from Himalaya Hilo, yes, we what? got a chance to talk about that as well as to interview her. She actually wrote an intro sort of talking about Distance Press and like they call right. it, um, I think it's called the After School, like the workspace that like created this anthology. It sounds lit yes. as shit. It does. Yeah. So very much excited to talk about this anthology. Right. Yes. But Marcy, before we get into that... Mm-hmm. I have a question. Oh, won't she do it? What's up? <laughs> so my question is, I was thinking a lot about villains and monsters and perspectives because, surprise, this anthology has a lot to do with switching the lens on who you think is good and bad and kind mm. of examining that. Yes. So, so because of that, I would like to ask you, who was a villainous character who you really thought was kind of a hero or vice versa? Who was a hero Ooh. who you really were like, Ugh, that's awful. You're awful. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. I live for this fucking question. Okay. All right. So boom. So off top, the person that like immediately comes to me, this is so specific. So if you like clock the reference, like <laughs> you get a gold star. <laughs> So I lived for Powerpuff Girls when I was younger. I loved mm. some Powerpuff Girls. Like me and my two brothers would like always we would try to figure out like which one we were. And like I was always like Blossom. Like that's like where I landed. Um and I remember <laughs> there was an episode. <laughs> I remember there was an episode where there was a villain, her name was Fem Fatel. And she mm. basically so she got introduced because basically she was like robbing bitches like at 
banks and shit. And so, you oh know, the mayor. Oh, my God. I remember her. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was, yes. like, tall and blonde and kind of bodied. Like, she was a little bodied. Yeah, like, I mean, around. yeah, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, like, she, yeah. So, popping. So, basically, she's, like, robbing bitches at banks. And so, you know, the mayor is, like, oh, Powerpuff Girls. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe do something about this. And what was right. interesting about her was that she was all about feminism. Which, funny enough, I mean, mm. looking back, I'm not sure if, like, her lens of feminism and my lens, of, or, 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 or really our right. lens of feminism is like, or like or, or, or be the same, but you know, like it was something. It was like, whatever, it was the 90s. And she basically kind of, her premise was that she was like super pro women. And even like at the bank, like, you know, when she was like, bitch, give me all your motherfucking money, like, dude was handing her like $100 bills. And she was like, bitch, who? Did I ask for a man on this bitch? Mm. Give me Susie B. Anthony coins. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> and so she was all about that. And so when the Powerpuff Girls, like, finally caught her and they were, like, taking her to jail, she brought up a lot of really good points. Like, she was saying yeah. how, you know, the mayor kind of, like, you know, both heavily relies on them and also devalues them because, you know, mm. they're in, in, like... She was basically bringing up the fact that, like, you know, to be three little girls who are, like, saving the day and, like, you know, fighting all these villains and stuff like that, that's, like, unheard of. And right. it's, like, really great that they're doing something that's, like, honestly pretty unprecedented. Unprecedented? How do you say that? Whatever. When you look yeah. at, like, you know, just, like, the landscape of, like, um, of women who heroes. are superheroes and women and girls mm-hmm. that are superheroes. And they were like, oh, but like, you know, in the Power Girls, they were like, oh, but what about, you know, like, like Wonder Woman and stuff. And then Femme Fatale was like, I mean, look, like a lot of these like women superheroes are just kind of carbon copies of like Mm. male superheroes. They're like these like women derivatives of an already existing character that's a man, which I mean, did did she lie? No, no, no. that's like true. (laughs) And she was saying how like, yeah, like there's a there's an emotional toll and like a labor that the power girls have to endure by being in this role that like people don't necessarily appreciate or really like Mm. acknowledge right and so it's just kind of like they're just like always like leaned on but like no one really considers the toll or even really just like the risk that they're putting the girls in by being like hey rather than calling i don't know some other force like let's like get these three little girls to like fight this like giant monster that's like you know like it's like that's wild it's basically just bringing up all of sorry keep going i was just gonna say if if a bunch of like kindergartners can run your city better than you, like maybe elect a new mayor, you know, or like Miss Bellum, that, like that. if you, if <laughs> the mayor was getting stuck mm-hmm. on some pickles, I'm like, mayor, how do we stop <laughs> socioeconomic inequality or like you know racial like issues in our city? And he was like, I can't open this jar of pickles, y'all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's <I> so. <laughs> And so basically, she was bringing up all these, like, dropping knowledge, right? And she was just saying that, yeah, like, men just don't acknowledge the work they're doing, especially. And throughout the, and so they ended up letting her go. And granted, Finn Fatale was low-key being manipulated. I'm not even low-key. She was being manipulated. Yeah, she, she was trying being, to, like, not yeah. go to jail. But she did bring up good points. So she was saying that, like, you mm. know, like, you know, we need to especially support each other as like girls and women because like they like men aren't going to do like have the same awareness that we do and throughout the rest of the episode you saw these different examples of like ah, this is the it kind of fell into this trope of like this like almost like cartoonish feminism where it's like the girls like became like SJW warriors. Yeah, it's like angry, it's like kind of like like, like in, blah, but blah, like blah. in a, <laughs> but like I feel like people say SJW to like to deride a movement that actually makes sense. But like this exactly. is kind of like like they like the girls that like be in their feelings about things that like were not like basically trying to like make light of feminism and like sort of exactly like, depicted as like this exaggeration this like like oh people are just being extra like it's like not actually that serious 
When meanwhile, like the movement is very real and Femme Fatale in some respects actually had some really good points. And I don't know, it was just, it was interesting because like in the end, I mean, basically the end of the episode was like the girls ended up having this like conversation with like Miss Keen, their like kindergarten teacher and like Miss Miss Bellum and like I, who else was there? I think it was just the two of them. And they were talking yeah. about how, oh, like Townsville isn't like sexist. There's no misogyny. Like it's, it's, it's like fine. And then like the girls were like, yeah. And then they like sent Femme Fatale to jail. Right. And it was one of those things where I was like, while I don't think that Femme Fatale was a hero, I do think mm. that she, her villainy was more complicated than other characters. It, it, it actually, come to think of it, really, I feel like a lot of the villains in Powerful Girls actually were fairly complex, honestly. Um, like, mm. even when you look at Mojo Jojo, and like, I mean, that motherfucker was just completely abandoned. Like, clearly just like... Facts. His whole, like, reign, like, ascend into evil was all just from like a past of like neglect and like abuse pretty much. And it was yeah. just one of those things where it's like, you didn't necessarily see that as often, but I think with Fem Fatale is interesting because like, it's unfortunate that like her feminist arguments were kind of painted in this sort of exaggerated light. But I do think at the yeah. in the end, like her motive and like her mission of like supporting girls and women, I was like, okay, this is like, I, I can, I can actually ride with this. Like, I mean, morally you're still kind of questionable, but like I ride right. with like, what you're doing right now in the way that like, I mean, even the characters are depicted of, I mean, even the, the most ironic like part of the episode, quite frankly, was that Miss Bellum was sitting here talking to the girls about like, oh, and Miss right. Bellum, if you don't know, she's she was the mayor's aide. And so she was talking about how like, oh, like Townsville is not that bad. It's like totally fine, whatever, whatever. But meanwhile, Miss Bellum, her literal animation was like, she didn't have a face. Doesn't have a face. She, like you <laughs> only saw her from the neck down. And yeah. she had this like really long hair. She was very like kind of sexualized in her like creation. And it's just like, and like you literally only saw her for her body. And granted, yeah. Miss Bellum was like, as you got to know her, you got to know her more as a character, but like she was very much this highly sexualized character. Mm. Very much in like here for the male gaze and like very much like yep. being depicted in, the, in this way where like misogyny definitely played a role, but at the same time, like yeah. it's sitting here caping for the mayor. So it just, I could honestly, I could probably write a whole fucking dissertation about this one episode, Facts. but it was just like that was one of those things where I was like, okay, Finn Patel actually, she might, might get an invitation to the cookout. Just mm. maybe. <laughs> just maybe. But, um, mm. Yeah, that was my very specific character that came to mind. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, well, I, I completely agree. Like, I think it was a weird... I remember even as a kid being like, this is kind of a weird episode because exactly like you're saying, Femme Fatale had some good points. And mm -hmm. again, Miss Bella and Miss Keen came in in the end and their answers were not that satisfying as to why. I mean, yeah. Femme Fatale was evil because they did make one good point. They were like, why is she not like... Every, she's robbing people... What, she's robbing women don't you think they need their money from the bank do you think women want to work really hard to go to the bank and not have any money in there and i was like yeah. is she right though like you can't be yeah. playing with people's check checks like that so that was a good point but like in a similar way that i think a lot of times you'll talk to older women who sing like younger women on instagram or tumblr and are like ah you know the sjw's have taken it too far and it's just like mm -hmm. why are we angry at like 14 year old girls who want us to be better people and not right. angry at like a guy who's like this woman didn't like me so i you know enacted violence on her or people she knew like that right. seems like something that requires far more criticism than like a 14 year, year mm. old girl on tumblr who like maybe her ideas are too far reaching maybe i'm not even sure that's right <laughs> like, but <honestly>. like 
Right, but like her having her idea got zero people killed. Like right. zero people killed and maybe even some people to love themselves. And it's just crazy right. like that's what we come for um in this day and age. I've always thought that was kind of weird, but you know, I feel like the way we come for teenage girls in general is very very odd. So, um Oh, yeah. So maybe yeah, it's like all right, everybody chill. Like <laughs> I guess in terms of like exertion of effort and like sort of social analysis, it's easier and if anything society kind of molds you in a way where it's easier to critique this like 14 year old girl on instagram versus really having to analyze like why is it that people like men feel like they can just enact violence in these ways against women and these like in in ways that like just don't really even make any fucking sense just like objectively but it's like it's like right one seems in terms of like i guess low-hanging fruit it's like oh i guess for Mm. some people it's just easier to sort of silence an idea that like quite frankly it's it's something that will benefit truly everybody but at the same time maybe it's just like it brings up i don't know if it's envy or i like i I don't know what it is but people just feel the need to like yeah just attack those where it's like you do realize that like this person's like like no one loses according to this analysis like like someone loving themselves on instagram or like having a certain like opinion about the world that would like just be more inclusive to everyone like that doesn't like no who loses here like even people with privilege still win i don't know like i don't i don't get it (laughs) but you know it it is what it is i think it Mm -hmm. it probably has something to do like i again this is probably like another dissertation like i'm sure there's a very very complex like social and like anthropological reason why like our society has like such derision for a 15 year old girl (laughs) like i'm sure there's something to do with boys and their like ideas of adulthood and toxic masculinity and i don't know something about women and youth i don't know that's for someone else to write but i I will talk now about my mm. bonus character. I have so many thoughts of that, but <laughs> like, <laughs> so interesting. But yes, keep going, keep going. Oh yes, so I chose the Jedi as heroes who are actually the villains. And mm-hmm. first, I'll start by explaining who the Jedi are because I'm sure, as much as there is Star Wars everywhere, people are like, I actually, it's either too much or too little. People are very polarized, and that it like. It like averages out to I don't give a fuck. So let me just try and give a short <laughs> One summary. Of those people. <laughs> like I, I, um, I am that person. <laughs> so basically, the Jedi are they they're like kind of based on this sort of like monk, but like a monk who like who can fight people, right? So it's like it's it's like a religious thing, but it's also like they they have swords. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. think of the crusaders or think of actually a lot of it comes from like Japanese lore like samurai. They are they have their own like ideology and that's like where the force comes from and they have this like very specific way about traveling through the world and that's why like they can't mm-hmm. have children and stuff. It's like all oh, very specific and love is supposed to cloud your judgment and the mm-hmm. idea is that they're supposed to be peacekeepers right so they're in line with the force which is this sort of transcendental concept of of like the power um that connects all of us it's like life force it's all of us it's everything in the universe and you can draw from that and like focus it and and use it now the concept of the force and media calorians are not going to get into all of it because you're about (laughs) to have some kids on my page being like da 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 and i know i don't like the media calorians either y'all i understand although there's a whole much longer conversation that we can talk about there but the point is the jedi are supposed to be good guys however if you ask me if you start to watch the first the prequels you start to realize that the jedi might just be henchmen for the republic and you're sitting here thinking now 
I know you guys are supposed to be international peacekeepers, quote unquote, but why do you think you random individuals from another place on the other side of the universe should be able to go to another place on the other side of the universe and start just telling them how to end their conflict? It sounds a little, I don't know, oh. assumptive. It sounds a Wait, little dangerous. Right. So the repo so what will happen is like the Jedi's are peacekeepers and they're supposed to like go into different places and like keep mm-hmm. the peace. But and I know people will be like, well, in the prequels, they were actually a corrupted group. And that's why, you know, that's the whole point of the story. Like they became very corrupted in the first half because of the Republic. And then the third, the second half is to sort of show the destruction of this and 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 people kind of and Obi-Wan and Luke kind of reconciling with that and how far it can go. And that's all mm-hmm. true. But just the basic concept of these random people from some other planet coming to a different planet because of some force stuff telling them how they should mm-hmm. keep peace in their planet seems just intrinsically like a problem right like i don't know yeah. how that it makes sense like i i yeah. what if i don't believe in the force <laughs> like, like i know you said that the force was like a transcendental power and everything but like the crusaders also said that like black people were lesser like you know people really yeah. be interpreting religious texts in all sorts of ways so if the people the jedi people come down to your planet and start you know fucking shit up and then, and I mean, they're not perfect in themselves. Like Anakin really did fall in love going against like the Jedi way and destroyed a whole bunch of stuff. But you're going to tell me that I should adopt your practices? I got questions. That's all I'm saying. I love the I, Jedi. I think they're fun. However, I got wow. questions. That so. is, huh? I did not. I mean, granted, I watched one Star Wars movie like <laughs> in the 90s. Like it was like, like I like I like I don't really know much about the story, but that is holy shit! I did not know that. Right? That's, wait, so is Darth Vader like a good person then? Like, like no, Darth Vader oh. is oh, okay. even because Darth Vader like he's not a bad like Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader. Spoiler for anyone who didn't see it in the 70s or now uh, <laughs> um, i mean girl, you had so much fucking time for it i'm gonna put a so put, like, much put a goddamn spoiler <laughs> warning like bitch like you had time girl so whatever right, <laughs> got, it has to be like copyright like at a certain right. point like you don't <laughs> you don't have it like, it's like girl um, you just i mean you just took just take this out but anywho right <laughs> right like, hey did you know in cinderella like the prince and the princess they'd like get together wow, like, who would have thought <laughs> <laughs> and it's like girl like you can't even be mad at this point like young lady you've had so much time in you so oh much jesus time. but but darth vader is still quite evil because i well it's he's a complicated character because it, what happens is he loves padme and 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 that love sort of leads him to the dark side because he's afraid of of of, of losing her because his mother was killed by slavers because was she she oh. was a slave and actually anakin was a slave too on their home oh. planet and so he actually has a lot of like pent up anger and rage against society and against their unfairness. And when he, it's actually like a very interesting story, right? Because then he has this rise where he becomes a Jedi and they, he becomes a Jedi because they're like, you were the most, one of the most powerful, you're like a very gifted individual. And they're like simultaneously afraid of him, but simultaneously like want him, which makes you question the Jedi and their like judgment. But also mm-hmm. why, how, how come this, this force, this teachings you have were not enough to like teach this boy, you know, come to terms with what's happened to him but then also Qui-Gon Jinn was like a really kind of screwy teacher and it's like questionable why he was a Jedi in the first place anyway like Qui-Gon Jinn does shady things 
on the regular and you're all like how did he obi-wan Yikes. really <laughs> i mean but Obi- obi-wan like he really is i don't know goat like he's great like there's nothing oh, wrong, wrong with obi-wan but anyway if we want to have a deep conversation about star wars i mean maybe we'll put it in with the naruto episode but like today we cannot so <laughs> we're we gonna just- <laughs> We just need to do this episode sooner rather than later because we just get on these tangents and I'm sure it's just like, let's just have an episode where we just, just, get, just lay it all out. Like just nerd the Facts. fuck out and then people will be like, this has nothing to do with books and it's like, it doesn't. Anything. But hopefully you still find Here it interesting. Facts. Well, ideas for the future. Ideas for the future. Yes, but we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we will discuss our book for this week. back um Woo. i don't know what this energy is today but i'm like lucky here for it because yeah i mean honestly y'all i don't know small beauty loved it down live for that book but also you know those episodes i feel like we're a little little on the downside so Seriously. we're a little hype like we just sound like we ate some skittles or some shit just you know don't bother ah. us you know we just we try to experience <laughs> joy in this world but yes so as akko mentioned we're going to be reading under the belly of the beast today which was edited by Corey bradby rudd and so this was actually so this is actually really interesting work to talk about because Corey actually reached out to us to to talk about it because yes. one of the so the person that wrote the Ford as well as one of the contributing authors to this anthology is Rika Aoki. And so shout out hey. to Rika. Like I guess the, the two of them got to talking and she mentioned the podcast. So like thank uh, you, Boo. We really appreciate it. Um also, so yeah, so she re- okay. Mm-hmm. If you can, y'all, still, 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 still listen to our episode and her interview. Actually, even if you just skip our episode and just listen to her interview, like she... That's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> some, yeah, facts. Because some of the things that she says about writing, about knowing yourself, about, you know, taking from the system in a way that is feeds you, like she just... But also she has so much... She has so much grace for the world and she has so mm. much not patience but a, a working a working way forward in a way mm-hmm. that i think i needed to hear yeah and so just just listen to it because it will feed you um and then support her so that you can feed her too you know like everybody's got to eat so yeah. yeah but that's all <laughs> yes thank you yes ditto 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 squared like yes so we really appreciate the shout out um yes yeah, so it definitely was Kind of, yeah, it sort of happened out of the blue one day, but we're we're here for it. And so, yes. interestingly enough, before we even, I guess, get to talking about the anthology itself. So, I guess just, like, some, like, really quick context. So, it's not like y'all are just like, okay, so what the fuck is this? <laughs> and y'all, y'all just talk about whatever the fuck. So, basically, this is an anthology that was put together by um, a collection of writers, obviously. Um, it's a mixture of fiction, but it's largely, I would say, poetry is, I would say, the majority mm. of it. Or at least, like, poetic kind of writing. Um, And essentially it was put together by this group of writers who, yes, it was published by Dissonance Press, but the school, but the group that put it together, they're part of this group called, I believe it's called the after school. Um, Mm. And essentially it's a collective, it's a collective of writers that challenge what literature even is like how it's read, but not, but more than that, even just looking at what it means to be a writer, to be someone that Mm. like contributes 
to the literary space. Interestingly enough, like uh, Rika in the Ford was Ford was talking about how, for example, you know, with writers we have this idea that like you know when someone writes a book, there's you know it's someone right, one person that writes a book, right? right. And like so it's like this very kind of individualistic sort of practice. There's this idea that like you know when you release a work, it all comes out at the same time. It's like when you release a, like a book or whatever, it's like it's completed. And like the idea, of, for example, gradually releasing something or like having kind of like like just like basically waiting before like releasing before like the final publication is like not really a thing that's like necessarily done um yeah and so this collective sort of like challenges sort of those conventions as well as like you know there's a philosophy around like loan banks sort of like this idea that like people each sort of like economically contribute to the space and if people need to mm. borrow out of it like they pay back what was owed it's sort of like this collective it's kind of like a collective bank account, I guess, in, in a sense. And yeah, they just like are all about like challenging what it means to be a writer, you know, really centering like queer trans people of color. Like just it's it's just really like fucking lit. And like they just have this anthology that essentially explores the idea of I guess beastliness or beasty, not bestiality. Who? Not bestiality. <laughs> the nature of being bestial. How would you say it? Out. Right. Anywho, the, but, the yeah, basically. There we go. So like the concept, I was like, it's not about bestiality, but it's like basically, yeah, the concept of yeah being a monster, being a beast, and like what that means. It's sort of like the different sort of ways of um yeah, just kind of exploring that that idea. Right. So uh, yeah, Akko, did, was there anything that you wanted to add? Did, did I cover all the all the pieces? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the idea of it, and you'll see in in the interview with Rika, she talks about the mixture of poetry and literature, and how there's a divide there. But she also talks about how Toni Morrison, specifically, Toni mm-hmm. Morrison, the God, oh, um, God. Oh, lovely queen, but oh. uh, talks about how she her her literature is very poetic, and how that line between literature and poetry can be blurred and maybe should be blurred because mm-hmm. the way we express and emote is um you know it's not so formalistic although for formula has its is benefits so that's really cool right. and then also the kind of the idea of a cooperative at, when it comes to literature right like um or a susu if you guys don't know what a susu is it's like you know basically it's created by brown people but it's like everybody <laughs> puts money in and then when you need money you take it out but you put money back in it works right. sometimes it doesn't work other times eh. it's like the community is what holds you accountable mm-hmm. um, again like everything else in the world sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cool concept, right, of like funding artistic work together just because it is kind of hard to fund art and to to make a living off of it. But even though the right. world finds it to be valuable, but also when you have specific institutions deciding what is literature and what is mm. art, you know, then certain types of art are put to the forefront and given capital right. and money and success. And other types of art are told that they are not art and that they should, right. you know, stop writing. Um, so just kind of something that tries to go against that grain is really cool and it's really interesting. And again, it's like just because something hasn't existed before, or maybe it has, uh, mm-hmm. um, and it's fallen out of fashion doesn't mean we can't like start up again. And, and I yeah. think the idea of art as a creative field and, and one that's collective is actually not that odd. And it's actually not that right. odd in American history. In the Romantic period, there were all these like writers groups where everyone would like 
go, mm-hmm. go I mean, granted they were all very rich. Like Frankenstein comes out of this writer's group, right? Where everyone just like went to the woods and then they would all like write in the afternoon and in the evening they would like share together and people would, would, oh, wow. would criticize their it was like a whole a whole thing. Um meanwhile, like during the <laughs> industrial revolution, like all these people were also like working and like had no money and bread. But you know, like <laughs> but the idea and like right and like um oral histories are so so like oh, I'm going to take this piece and I'm going to add this other piece and I'm going to add this piece and I'm going to add this piece. And it's only when you get kind of the idea of capital behind stories, right? Where you have to protect your intellectual property. You have to copyright. And then there's this sort of like um, gathering up and hoarding of the right to tell a story and the right to add to a story and the right to to to, to benefit right. from a story. And to the detriment in a lot of ways. People talk about how Disney and, and copyright and, and people hoarding, companies hoarding copyrights to things is detrimental in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. Disney wouldn't have even been able to start without having access to all these Hello? sort of fairy tales that they were able to take and then profit off of. So it's a whole complicated right. story. But well, this is just, I think, a way to kind of, you know, just go a different direction. Collective yeah. story writing. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the name after the after school feels like, you know, when like you're in high school and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, the after school just sounds like the bell rings and like <laughs> you and your friends like hanging out in class, just like making a mess. Like you're supposed to be at home. like You have right. nowhere to go because none of you can drive. Like, I don't know. It just reminds me of like Converse and beanies. And it's just like, oh, I don't yes. know. <laughs> so I fucks with it. It's great. No, I like I- it. This just gives me so many images of high school. It was just me rolling with my people, like just being right. ridiculous. Like, I don't know, going to checkers and thinking we bad bitches for eating. Right. I don't know, just like, just like the like weird minutia of being in high school. It just like being right. so ridiculous. It's just like, just so carefree and in community. Oh yes. God. Yeah. De- yes. Definitely brings up like a fun image as well. Yeah. I, yes. Thank God. Yeah. So, I love um, <laughs> but yes, but since so, this so obviously this work is very different for us in a lot of different ways. So the right. way we're actually going to be talking about it is also going to be a bit different. So yes, earlier um, for you know our like OG day ones, um, you know y'all know that during the summer we read um, Heartwood, which was also an anthology. And for that, we kind of selected our three favorites and then sort of talked about those and then kind of went into a broader discussion. <clears throat> For this episode, we figured it would actually be better just to kind of jump into the discussion and kind of incorporate yes. our favorites sort of like throughout that conversation. So it's going to listen a bit differently from the other episodes and then we're, we're going to yes. go back to our format for, you know, the next books moving forward. But for this one specifically, we want to kind of just do something a little bit different. Um, yeah. So I guess to start off, let's just, I guess, start with our general impressions and we can just kind of go from there. So Akko, did you, did you want to start? Um, yeah, so for me, I what I liked about this book is just in general the way it deconstructs the, the structure of literature and poetry, which if that was like too much and people were like, deconstructs the structure of literature and poetry, <laughs> like who are you? I just mean that in a lot of the stories, it takes grammar, it takes the way sentences should be structured and replaces them with things like parentheses or um, backspaces mm-hmm. or dashes. And it's not, I, I you know, people are like, ooh, that's like terrible. And And okay. Look, I'm not going to say it works every single time, right? I'm not like right. a facetious person, <laughs> but I, I can see why you would do it and the ways it adds to the story and the way mm-hmm. 
grammar and, and words and the periods in between words and the what we emphasize and don't emphasize are also part of the language that we speak and the right. evolution of the way we speak. And, and, and I think that there, we are in such a transition of, of words and, 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 and identification and, and use of words to identify um, mm-hmm. that it only makes sense that the language would evolve in so many ways. And then technology is a part of that too. Like LOL right. is not a word people It's not a word, but I don't know a <laughs> single American who's sitting there being like, I don't know what that means. Uh, okay. Like, <laughs> try it. Like, you know what I mean? And like, there's just right. so many things. There's so many ways of speaking. So many ways. I, I mean, I remember like, it is part of my vernacular to say dot, dot, dot at times. Mm. Like when something is very, very <laughs> <It> awkward, is. <laughs> I'll just be like, uh, dot, 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 what? <laughs> like, and that is from the internet. You know, that's from technology. And no, I'm not right. going to, I have a job. Like I'm not going to say, <laughs> I'm not reckless. <laughs> Out here um, wilding, but <laughs> right. You're not gonna see that in an essay or something. But I mean, if I'm texting Marcy, it is gonna come up. Or like, you know, <laughs> random bolds in a sentence when I'm suddenly something is it doesn't make any sense. Like clap right. between my words for emphasis. We already use grammar in such a creative way so i i mm-hmm. like that put into poetry put into literature right um as a way of just emphasizing the way we do things and and the way we focus i think a lot of times in a lot of the stories the i wasn't capitalized and what does that mean you know to decapitalize the mm. i um especially in a, in a culture right american culture is so i specific and and that's not like americans are selfish and they only care about themselves no like literally in other languages the 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 default for something would be they or the collective or it Mm. would be you like the the other or it would just not be the the pronoun the i she he they would Mm -hmm. not be the emphasis of the sentence it might be starts with the verb or something actually that's how spanish is right like yeah um (laughs) and like so it's it's not crazy so it's just so Mm. interesting to play with even the structure of words and language and syntax Mm. so yeah i i agree and just real quick so on top of just like the ways in which like technology influences our language aqua (laughs) and i have also and many of our friends from school um had this tendency of like literally saying question mark like when when something was a question (laughs) we would literally be like yeah so blah 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 question mark and it was just like bro it's clear as day that that was a question like why are you literally saying it but it's just like yeah it's like the way it's written obviously a question mark would go there but like vocally you don't like you, like, you, like, you don't like you don't have to do that but like right yeah, so i just wanted to kind of add that bit of That's hilarity but why do you think we why do you think we do that do, do you think and because I, i'm only asking this because i feel like our generation was very much like um de-emphasize things like almost sarcasm to the point of de-emphasizing the importance mm. so it's almost like in response to that we would we would emphasize things more like people would be like right. oh i love i love that show and you're like okay do you love that show or do you hate that show susan like i'm actually right. not sure if you <laughs> it is actually unclear on, how you susan. feel <laughs> about this show and so i think a lot of times yeah our overemphasis. Well, it is in a lot of ways a response to an apathy, you know. Anyway, that's that's so interesting because even I, like, I think Maybe. about how like wh- I don't know. It's like I, I feel like there's a certain um, and granted, I, like I've only been a part of this generation, so you know, this is my interpretation. But I, I feel like mm. when I think about folks around, you know, sort of in our age cohort, like there is a certain like 
or at least the people who I spend time with, like a certain playfulness with language that's kind of like mm. rules aren't as deep. Like I think about, for example, yeah. like how people use the word literally, like literally <laughs> means something, but even myself included, <laughs> I'll use literally when it's like, that wasn't, that actually wasn't literal. Like you, you no. actually didn't even need, like, it's like you're adding this <laughs> weird word, but it's like, it like, it's like, this has a meaning, but we just have decided that this is like the meaning no longer matters. And like somehow the personality flair that comes from saying literally, right. like it's like, it adds a texture that people are like, that's right. actually more important to me than the meaning of this word. And I feel like yeah. we, there's a lot of examples that I can think of that are kind of similar where it's like, we just have a certain, like things like question mark. It's like, if we had just said whatever our question was and moved on, then it's like, okay, that was a question mm. noted file saved, moving on. But like somehow saying question mark and giving that like, and then we'd always do it like with this like shrug and like, it was just like dot, dot, dot <laughs> question mark. Like it was just like, it like added such a playfulness that it was like, okay, so this right. question that I otherwise would not have given a fuck about somehow it's like, it's significant now. Like what, like what right. is this about? You know, like it's just, I don't know if it's just like a different way of highlighting emphasis from perhaps like other cohorts, but it's just, mm. I don't know. There's just something about it where I like, I don't know. I just think about, I reflect on the way that I speak English and I'm like, it is honestly ridiculous. Like it's like truly just like, <laughs> like I'm just like, just, like, just, like, just, like even like what I'm doing right now, like, just, like, 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 why, like why am I talking like that? What? Like what? <laughs> like it's just like so unnecessary, but it's like, I don't know. Just, it's just like, I don't know. Maybe we just have like too much, like, not to like, you know, be like, we're just like so lit. Like we're just like so so dope but like i don't know maybe we just have like so much personality that we want to express that we're just like fuck it like every like just all the rules just like, no, whatever but um i don't know it's just it's it's all very very fascinating but um but in terms of to my be fair, of yes i was gonna say to be fair in college they were like did marcy and akka just like make up a whole tonal language like that was adopted <laughs> by our friend group <laughs> We had another friend who I think added into the mix, but I, between the two oh, yeah. of us, I think we completely sort of. <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> um, but no, that's, that's so real. Like I'm really, I'm like, yeah, you know, like we're generation, but like, honestly, I think it's just like, it I think it's just like we just, we just were all some energy, and then we would like hype each other up. Oh my god, it was just right. such a mess. Like it's like, <laughs> like we would say like ridiculous shit, and then other people would live for it. So we're like, oh shit, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just like it was such yeah, a, like, people would jump in. Oh god, such a safe space of just like just sheer ridiculousness and antics and just and oh fun. god i loved it like i remember the way that you would tell stories in college i was like i feel like akko should have her own like theme park. <laughs> like honestly like i felt like i was entering like six flags whenever you would tell a story because it was just like so like like it was just such a colorful playful thing oh god i just good, good times, times good times obviously you still are lit and like you know still have the imaginative <laughs> flavor i'm not i'm not like reflecting on like a previous better version of you or anything like that <laughs> like, but, like, and then she got older and she was <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, but, but anywho so yes but yes, back what were to, your impressions <laughs> yeah <laughs> the actual you know episode that we're doing um what were my oh yes so very much like very much you know supportive of what you just said like I definitely appreciated sort of the playing with convictions to me I would say more than anything so I, I guess just just to give a little bit more context so when I'm saying well, I guess when we're saying that the anthology kind of focused on the nature of beasts it kind of explores that in sort of like a social mm. way and so like a lot of the like short stories or more, mostly the, a lot of the poems kind of exp- kind of talk about the idea of like rejection or like social isolation or oppression they kind of paint like 
being a beast or being seen as monstrous as sort as kind of being on the receiving end of some of some mm. sort of like societal like oppression or complete oversight. Right. And there's actually I remember Corey um, and one of her works asked the, something to the effect of like who owns the right to who who owns the definition of evil something to that yes. effect like kind yes. of like it, it it's all about framing right like it's not necessarily like oh people like people or certain things or certain phenomenon or like bestial by nature it's mostly it's all about like who's mm-hmm. seeing it and who's framing it and then that's kind of when we get into sort of that exploration and so that being said something that I really enjoyed was that I felt like. More than anything, more than anything, I would say this anthology felt kind of like you said, like textured. Like it felt like such a like interactive yes. experience where like you know you would be reading something. And I remember there was one poem where like the word, the original word that they had written was semen, and then they crossed it out and then put cement on top of it. Yes. And like it was one of those things where it's like that was clearly like like that was significant. Like that like there was a reason. And then like kind of begs questions like why was semen written there? Like what? Like that's interesting. Mm. Um, and like, or even just like the way that like space and syntax looked like there were yes. certain things where it was like, you know, maybe a sentence would start on like the left side of the page, the, you know, like right. maybe there'd be like four lines a word and then all of a sudden it would go to the right and then it would go maybe mm-hmm. to like the center or like, and then like some pages were just like maybe like a sentence or two and then the next would have like a whole bunch. It's just like, it was so dynamic that I was like, this yeah. is even sort of like when we think of like being a monster, being a beast, I think at the base of all of that is like this idea of chaos or unpredictability, like someone mm. or something or some phenomenon that we just can't necessarily clock or fully understand. And I feel like that kind of chaotic energy was sort of reflected in a lot of the works, not all of them, but Ooh. some of them, where it was like chaos was like embodied, but not in a way that was disruptive. It didn't feel like this is taking away from the experience. It was kind of like, okay, there's like so much passion here that like the words themselves can't even conform to this standard it's like the words themselves right. to even express the the nature of a beast have to be playful all over the place and unpredictable and just like yeah it's, it, it, it was something that i was like this is so interesting and even for the pieces that you know perhaps maybe i didn't necessarily understand as much or maybe didn't resonate as much there was still all of them i would say for the most part kind of had this element about them that i was like this is so interesting amazing and it, and it kind of goes yeah. back to sort of like what the purpose of the after school is right like you know just like breaking down the literary machine because i was like bro mm. i haven't read some shit like this in a minute or minute. if even at all um right. so that was just something that i definitely i really really enjoyed and i also just really appreciated the sort of like also like kind of playing with existing conventions um like for mm. example i know that there was a story called black boston that was essentially it's it's actually really sad but it's, it's about this young black boy who who's he he lives with his mom and his mom at the end of the basically is like she's at home they're like chatting for a bit they're supposed to like watch um fresh prince of bel-air together but his mom has some sort of addiction they don't necessarily go into like a drug addiction that they don't necessarily go into much detail about um and at the end of the story she ends up like having an overdose and the boy is just like really sad obviously and like you know really traumatized from that whole experience and it was all written in like kind of almost this like play i don't know like what the official term for this is but like yeah, you know how like in plays a like play they have like, or a screenplay yeah yeah like a, like a kind of like a screenplay actually more di- like a play more like yeah. a play because a screenplay yeah. would have like directions or something well they would both have directions but i think you're right it's a play yeah so kind of like in the way that like a play would typically be written it was sort of written in that form and something about reading like when um 
like when certain characters like you know it, it was kind of written where it's like you know have the character's name and then like dialogue underneath it space space, mm-hmm. space 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 and then like another character or like maybe some phenomenon happening and then like just somehow having that like box of characters like sort of speaking and maybe thinking about certain things like it just added to the suspense in a way where i was like if this wasn't written like this i feel like mm-hmm. it wouldn't necessarily have the same effect and so there's just a lot of things about it that like I don't know this the 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 anthology just brought up so many interesting moral questions and I was just like this the way this is written is fucking wild (laughs) and like it it was specifically with Black Boston I just feel like yeah like the kind of dread that I was experiencing reading it like even before everything like hit the fan like the first page I was like Uh this is this is gonna be a mess like this is not this is not gonna end well so yeah. So, I don't know, yeah. things like that. I was just like, this is really fucking lit. Yeah, that one was, like, heavy because you got to the end and it felt, like, end scene, but you were, like, because exactly how you are saying how it was written, the space at the end just felt so, like, it felt heavier specifically, I think, because of the structure. And I think a lot of this, this anthology is, like, um, the, the mode is the meaning, you know? Like, the way it mm. is written is 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 specific to the purpose you were supposed right. to um get out of it which is very very cool i also think that if you have ever been on the like so a lot of i i think this happens a lot maybe when you're the other in a lot of ways but have you ever been mm-hmm. watching a television show as a child and realized that the villain was you like you <laughs> oh, oh my <laughs> you god you were wait, not oh the god. hero like <laughs> right like you're like yeah. wait hold on if that's what the hero looks like and I look like the villain, what does that mean mm-hmm. about me? You know, and I think that's a, um, it's an uncomfortability that you don't necessarily have to sit with if you're part of the uh, the majority group. And and I think it, you see that in, in, in film and then sometimes you'll, a lot of people have experienced it in their life, right? Where you're sitting there and you realize, wait, hold on, I think think i'm the villain in other people's narratives or i'm the side character or i'm the nothing or i'm i'm certainly not the main character you know and i think Mm. or i'm the 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 person that the derision is 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 thrown at it's it's kind of like the bluest eye right where it's like this character is so much not the hero Mm -hmm. um it's painful and i think it's it's one unfair, right? And and it's the question of who has to be, not who has to, but who does society place in those positions, and and how often, right? And what does what does that do to you to be that person to identify with that 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 entity they're calling ugly, you know, and not worthy, right? Um, because uh, oh so many God. stories are based on the hero. And I think that's what the stories, that's what makes a lot of these so poignant, and that's what I think they're trying to get at with the idea of beastly. It's not even a character that needs to be saved. It's like I'm beastly because I am who I am. You know, it's like even Beauty of the Beast. Like let's just for Ooh. for like arguments' sake, <laughs> oh let's just God. say like like the beast was a person, and then everyone was like ew, or like the right. beast was a beast. And the beast was like, "That's actually my true form." And right. everyone's like, "Ooh, so we gotta fix that. We gotta get, you. <laughs> we gotta do something." Yeah. It's like, "No, no, this is who I am." <laughs> and I think that's right. Instead of this being a curse, it's like the. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a lot of the story. That I is think that's so... what's interesting. Mm, that's so real because it's so funny because I I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the podcast before. I feel like I've told this to you like plenty of times, but that. It, it actually makes me think of um, 
like you know Disney movies and like how I would always like live for the villains and I think a lot of that mm. was because they were all kind of coded in this sort of queer way where it was like they right. were part of their villainy was that they dared to like kind of go against the status quo in like whatever mm. way that is like whether that was how they expressed themselves or like how they like you know maybe like s- certain aspects of their lives it's just like there's something that was like this person's a misfit and doesn't fit in. And so that is going to be a reason as to why they're like sort of painted in this like villainous light. Mm. And it, it always kind of begged this question of like, is heroism really just like this, I don't know, this like latching on to the status quo, this like this vanquishing of things that are sort of or th- like things or people right. that are just like different from us that challenge our society in ways that are just like, just like unmistakable. Like it's like, you know, you have certain characters where it's like, yeah, it's like you can't exist in this world and also this world still makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like by right, definition you right. should not exist. So I'm going to like in whatever way eliminate you as a person. Um or an animal because I, I like like Scar was always like my favorite. Like I fucking loved Scar. It was just like, oh my god, this bitch is so sickening and just like, oh God, Regal is just, ba- just a bad bitch. But um <laughs> but yeah, it's just like I it is it's funny because when you I look back at that and I'm like, I always really liked the villains, but I, I guess I never saw it as like, I, I guess I didn't always make that connection of like, yeah, like I never necessarily saw people who were like me as like the main characters, honestly, until like, r- like recent history, <laughs> like, mm. like the past couple of years, I've like started right. to see more media, especially when you like, like animation where it's like, you have characters where I'm like, oh, I actually see myself in, right. in this character a lot in a way that I'm like, this is and then you just, then you just like, this is a look back on your life, and you're like, wow, how much messaging did we absorb that, like... Right, like, right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was like, just fuck. so awful. <laughs> right. And that's why when people are like... Um, I remember I went to a talk once where Tennessee Coates, which now it sounds like I'm a douche, right? Like, oh, I went to a talk where Tennessee Coates was like, <laughs> okay. Like, Girl, bye. <laughs> that is totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he was talking about how... Um, he was he was writing Black Panther the comic and 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 he was talking about how people were super hyped to see a Black Panther which of course we all were because of what kind oh, of forever. yes got dressed um, up did was it was not a facts. game like it, it not was, a joke yeah. not a joke there was a whole other mm-hmm. social social uh, side story going on during that day and I said this will have to wait because Black Panther yeah. is out in theaters. same same <laughs> truly <Like, laughs> um, it actually matters more objectively so. right. <laughs> But um, he w- he was saying how on Twitter then some uh, man who I guess hates people was like, oh, why is everyone so hyped about Black Panther? He's It's like not even real. Wakanda's not even real. And then the, they went on his Twitter page and it's all this stuff about Game of Thrones and blah, blah, blah. It's like Game of Thrones isn't real. What? <laughs> right? You're like, are we talking about that? There's dragons and zombies in that show. But, but his m- overarching point was that he said that writing comics was mo- maybe even more revolutionary than anything else because the mm. fiction and imagination is is how you decide who will be considered human 20 years from now you know um Oof. and we f- we forget that right because like this is what you're projecting at kids at a very vulnerable age or teenagers even at a very vulnerable time and it, we like to pretend when we don't want to stop feeding bad messages that this message isn't doing anything to them like this isn't doing anything like blah blah this isn't right. doing anything what is that's for the, if it's if that's so true like why are there such a lack of different representations on Ryan. TV, like why does that <laughs> infuriate people when you normalize 
normalize things that are in fact normal, but you are making abnormal by having them absent in television shows. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like it, it's 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 interesting and I don't know how we got here, but I liked it, so same. I'm zero <laughs> percent mad. Like uh- <laughs> But I guess to circle back, were there any particular highlights that you wanted to talk about specifically? Yeah, I think a lot of the story, I I, I think for me, there's like a couple, I'll just take fragments from stories I liked. So mm-hmm. um, there was one short story called Mutt, and that's by Sarah Sophia Yanni. And I like the line she said that the weight of partial belonging is heavy. There are countries mm. I know, but only in fragments. You know, it, I think when you have an identity that just goes to a lot of places and comes from a lot of places and, and kind of like we talked about in Small Beauty that and actually within um, Tiger Flu, when, when mm-hmm. this, the, culture is, is something you know, but you don't know. And it's you're piecing it together to put together your identity. Mm-hmm. I like that. I also liked, like as you were saying, um, from Corey's story, who owns a definition of evil, who makes people less than human and and almost villainous, who makes who decides that, and who gets to right. have good as their default, who gets to say goodness it will protect my goodness, quote unquote, will protect me. That's I. Huh. I know. I, I I really appreciate that. That's so. I that line. I remember reading it, but yeah. I'm 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 glad you picked it. That's yeah. I'm like super into that because it just brings up so many. It's like there's so many meanings that can be taken from this, and that's just. And I feel like that tonally reflects like pretty much the entire anthology. Like there's so many lines like that where you're like this can mean one of like 68 things, and yes. I'm gonna choose this one and keep going, or I'm gonna choose number 19 and like a little bit of number like 38 and just like keep it pushing. But um, I I love that. So for I guess for me. Um, there was one poem that I actually just, I think I might just read the whole thing because I just had a lot of feelings and thoughts. So this was written by Sid Wesley and the poem is called, part of my pronunciation, if I don't pronounce it correctly, it's called Transdiplich. And so each, each, uh, contribution to the anthology basically starts with a title page that has like the author's name, um, the name of the piece, but this actually has, so after trans Diplish, it has an asterisk and at the bottom it says next to the asterisk, it says a form in which two text boxes signified with Roman numerals rearrange the same words or sonic variations of the same words in order to express some kind of transition, transformation, or transfiguration. A form created by Sid Wesley for trans people only. Which, one, that alone, I'm just like, that mm. is I, like fucking amazing. But Facts. going on to the piece itself. So it starts with Roman numeral one. And both of these texts are written sort of in like, sort of like a traditional, like, text box so mm. number one it reads once my mother bit into herself and pulled out a girl it was me and i was made of her teeth spit and the phlegm stuck at the back of her throat i sunk my hands into every soft thing i could find called this girlhood learned from my mother i walked around i didn't look at myself or my shadow didn't need to the sun and i knew the shape of my outline so that's one this is two Once I pulled a girl out of myself, it was me, but I called her my shadow. 
My mother spit at and sunk her hands into the throat of the new son, kneaded my girlhood and every soft thing she could find. I learned from the sticks and these teeth to shape myself. I didn't look at my mother or the outline of her back. I was made into flame and I will not walk around. And one just I, mm. like, oh my, what? <laughs> like like that just the, the story and the image that's depicted from those two texts are obviously very like, I mean, just like night and a fucking day. Like, you know, one, yeah. the first one reads more in a, like kind of an accepting relationship between child and mother. The second reads more of a sort of a, like a struggle um, relating especially to, to gender. And yeah. it's something that I just think that the idea of having a literary device that is made for and by trans people, like is just, yeah. it's just it's things, things like this that I really appreciate these kind of works where it's cause it's like, I think so often we are so we're taught. Okay. So this is like, what literature is this is what you know this kind of poem is, is what a sonnet is, is what a limerick is is what a whatever you know like it's like we're taught how to like i guess like craft our thoughts into this more sort of like formalized writing setting but like we're not often given the permission to like create our own conventions our own patterns our own sort of like contributions to the medium and i just think that stuff right. like this is so that was fucking brilliant like i remember when i read that i literally reread them like five times each and i was like oh my that is what like what like i'm like every word even just like like commas everything was so vital that i'm just like and the fact that this is specifically reserved for trans people i was like this is like i love that this exists and i love that like queer trans people of color can like come together and like create like like make space in the literary realm and be like, so we're yeah. here and this is something that's ours. This is ours. Cause we could, right. we can do that. Like we can actually, we're actually allowed to, we don't have to like translate our, translate our thoughts into these like conventions that already exist. We can actually make mm. our own. And so that just brought up a lot. And also just like the, the message of the poems themselves. I was like, this is so, this is so resonant. And I just, right. Yeah. So that was something that like really, 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 really stuck out to me. Yeah, I I agree. I like exactly what you're saying. Just the idea of like, um, so I exist. Uh, so I'm going to make art that reflects the fact that I exist. And that's just how it's going to be. And I think right. it's not it's revolutionary, but it shouldn't be. You know what I mean? It's revolutionary, yeah. like wearing your natural hair or the clothes you like is revolutionary in the face right. of like uh, an oppressive society. When it's like this shouldn't be, but it is. Right. And so keep doing these like small miracles because they are big. Um, so creating a space for yourself to write something that speaks to you and not just you, but you to your community is it's, it's the same thing as putting representation on a television show in a meaningful mm -hmm. way. It's like a beacon, a, a bat signal, if you will, out to the masses. Batman also a conflicted. Is he good or bad? He really could have put that money into the school system. Probably would have helped a lot of kids out, but that's fine, Batman. Please <laughs> drive that car around town. Beating what? up the people that your <laughs> lack of social welfare and inability to get taxed is probably what caused that problem. <laughs> I was just thinking back to our conversation about here that were villains and batman is one of the biggest offenders you know like uh, that snl <laughs> skit i'm just saying like you're Honestly, a billionaire bruce wayne put some money into infrastructure you probably would get rid of your crime problem i mean uh, and i like batman robin's my favorite him and spider-man and i feel like that's such an it's just 
Like, yeah. <laughs> just real quick. It's it's so funny because I'm like, what would that even look like, right? Like, like what would it actually look like to have a comic, like to have a superhero that just like invests in social infrastructure, like rather than just being right. like, I'm just gonna symptomatically fight these villains who probably come from these like really tragic and like abusive past, right? Like, I'm going to just like invest in the community and just like make it so that like, you know, we can like break these cycles of violence. Like, like, right. like I, I would love that, but like, well, actually the flash is kind of like that. Like, and, really? and a lot of his, like, yeah. And a lot of his like stuff. I remember there's one where Batman episode of like, uh, I think this is justice league or something where Batman like gets thrown into the Flash's world and the flash is like, Oh, Hey, you're going to hang out with me today. And like the flash like finds a villain and he's like, Hey, you know, what's going on? And he's like, you know, I, this happened and this happened, this happened. And he's like, all right, well, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that. Right. And the guy's like, yeah, you're right. Like <laughs> I'm having a bad day. And, like we all have oh, bad, wow. you know like it's just like talking to the really the heart of the problem and and then batman's like you know like you actually are like the hero among us like i thought it was superman but like it might be you and i think that really holds true it, the, the flash is much more wow. like a lighter character that's why when stuff gets dark for the flash everybody turns up they're like how could you do this he was the best of us um damn but <laughs> wow. i feel like i, I like, like did not real- know that <laughs> I feel like there's like a, a comic book geek who's about to be like, she knows nothing. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're never good enough for your community. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what um, the fuck? Akko's <laughs> on here today. Uh, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, do you mind if I? There was one that I liked as well. I, I, we can do this, and then if you don't mind, we can do geranium, which is a whole. Oh Story. yes, we, yes. <laughs> okay, yep. I'm down. We gotta talk about geranium, but yes, but, uh, keep, but yes. But yes. But before we do that, I wanted to part of. I wanted to read part of Ideal. Yes, Ideal Bounds by Mia Willis. Um, I thought something was really cool because it, it does. It speaks to a lot of what the anthology is about and what we've just talked about. So, um, it goes, folks. Frankenstein. My. Sp- oh, by the way, the whole thing is written with back space backslashes so it's almost like it's one long paragraph with different sections backslashed um Mm -hmm. what that means i'm not entirely sure i feel like it's almost like it to me it's almost like um none of these things are separate kind of thing like Mm -hmm. when you backslash something it's like a continuation like you know you go and slash or like it's all of these things at the same time so so folks frankenstein my speech Graft calm sentences onto aggravated torso, move into my mouth, and immediately reupholster my tongue. Draw a chart on my imagined sem- semantic anatomy. Tell me what I must mean when I say, and maybe this is why everyone hates millennials. A generation stitching together scavenged syntax by candlelight, using their mm. teeth to punctuate dirty suture threads, robbing graves to call themselves creators, stopping only to listen for the sound of angels, I mean the mob, over the snuff film screams. And so they are surprised when the still living grammar shakes off rigor, reaches for the soft throat, an honest question, a bone saw, the deadliest, anti- <laughs> the deadliest antithesis, and maybe the mm. monster's... Oh, I love this part. And maybe the monster sin is wanting to be translated exactly or not at all. Or that the cacophony of pitchfork lexicon gives him a fucking headache. And so he writes himself into a book where the words make the world and not the other way around. (laughs) When did you first commend your spirit into the hands of misunderstanding? 
Which psalm taught you to read this passionate assuredness as an argument? And maybe this is proof the resurrection is hollow bullshit, and so God dwells in the gathering of two or more half-alive limbs, held in the genderless straitjacket of silence. And so heaven is an operating theater, runaway padded room, pulpit, cockpit, publishing house, a voice that speaks for me, but is not mine. And I thought it was good. I liked uh, it. The- uh, well, <laughs> wow. I'm... <laughs> I like need to take a nap. Like wow, that was damn. It is it is good stuff in there. That one's good. There's there's a lot in here if y'all want to read. They, there's just so much. It's not even all of them. I, I'm sure there's more to talk about. But absolutely. But <laughs> but <laughs> I holy we, shit. <laughs> we need to talk about geranium by mm-hmm. Rika Aoki. Mm-hmm. Um, because. <laughs> Carol the Witch is a mess. So just to give you guys a little background on the story real, real quick, like three sentences. Basically, Mm -hmm. there's this quote-unquote monster named Mednik, and he's in a zoo. And he's a monster, he's a beast, and everyone throws food at him, and they call him Prince Mednik in like this mocking type of way, right? He's a prince, but he's a monster in a cage. And everyone throws food, and then one day, Carol the Witch is like, nah, this is wrong. And so she pops into his cage, and she's like... Prince, I'm about to give you the power of speech and I'm about to make you beautiful. And so she, mm-hmm. she gives him speech and then she makes him a man. And he's like, what are you doing? Give me my voice back. I want my old voice back. And Carol's like, you are so ungrateful. I was going to make you a real prince, but I guess you could just be an <laughs> average human. And Prince Bendix's like, um, I... <laughs> So he leaves his cage and like suddenly <laughs> goes out and gets a job, which I was like, Prince Mednik has a better resume than me because Come that on, was easy. Found as a job <laughs> like it was nothing. Fact. I was like, I was like, what is your job experience, Miss Girl? What? <laughs> anyway, internships. <laughs> Listen, so, like what? Like what, what is your degree? But anyway, moving on. <laughs> um. So he gets a job and then every lunch he starts eating in this garden. And then while he's eating in this garden, he runs into this. uh, I think she is a a police officer or she works in the park. Yeah, she's a police officer. And her name's Sila, C-Y-L-A. And she is like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I'm in love with you. And she's like, yeah, I guess that's all right with me. And he's like, here's all (laughs) these things that I love about you. And she's like, yeah, I really feel you too. And I love how you see me for who I am and the beauty that is in me. And so because they're happy and everything's going really well and love has been found, Carol the Witch is like, hey, I'm back. (laughs) She said, I did some self-examination and I have come to the conclusion that I have taken your agency away and I will gift you with the ability to be a beast back in your cage in the zoo as Prince Bednik. And he's like, wait, actually, I have a lot of thoughts. And she's like, no, it's okay. I'm so sorry (laughs) that I was wrong. He's like, oh, please, please, please. You know, you don't understand. I'm literally in love. And she's like, poof. And he... (laughs) goes back to being in a cage in the zoo and then he's crying he's so upset because all he wants is to be with Sila and he's it's like oh my god I now have cognitive thoughts of Sila and who she was and I love her and Sila comes to the zoo and of course this isn't like Cinderella so she's not like Mednik is that you are you the true love of my life no she throws things at him just like everybody else in the zoo and then Mednik gets like so upset and so angry that he's like busts out of his cage and like attacks these children and Sila kills him and 
it's really sad but then the people are like oh wow i guess we shouldn't have like caged uh mednik like that and then shot him um so why don't we clone him and make a new one huh uh-huh. guys what do you think good idea that like <laughs> huh? that solves huh? that problem yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they do but then over time, they even forget about this cloned Mednik, and he ends up just being in a small cage near the bathroom with no food oh getting God. thrown and nothing. And that is the end of the story, y'all. That is the book. That's, that's what happened. That's literally what I, happened. It, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> um, where the fuck do we even begin? So when I so the way that in... Well, one, Aki, thank you for that rendition of what happened. But the way that, like... <laughs> You suddenly all of, I, I, literally out of nowhere were like, yeah, so Carol the Witch showed up. Like, so the, the the fact that it was like so sudden and random, that's literally how it happened in the story. How it happened. Like Carol, like irrelevant as fuck. Metnick chilling. And then Carol all of a sudden was just like, Yes, I'm actually here to make your life better because I'm like your liberator. Right. And he was like, I'm sorry, who like bro, what? Like and then at the end, Carol like ran for office and like got the seat. Oh, and yeah. so she was like in politics from there on. I'm just like so and like Sela got like some like police force thing right. award, award something so everyone was out here like flossing and then Metnick's out here literally not alive because Carol the Witch yeah. decided and the funny the part that I didn't understand at all was like so Carol was low-key like feeling herself she was like okay so like I'm a witch but like witches are known for like you know being able to like put pe- like to cha- transform people to, but to like change them back that's like you use a bad bitch right. <laughs> to do some shit right. like that so Carol's <laughs> like oh the girl's gonna be like literally like like tongues hanging out just panting at how lit i am for doing this but the thing is i was like wait but carol why why would you make it so that like metnik still remembers what it's like to be like an average everyday person like obviously that's going to be like a really hard-ass transition like if if you just made it so that like he just went back and didn't remember anything it would have been totally fine in this weird like okay why did any of that happen but whatever i guess we're here like but like you were actively causing suffering like what why why are you doing this um yeah and i I just like i i don't know what what did you think i i I, so i think they said that like she your memories are like something she can't like touch because it's like too deep in your psyche but i think it was it's kind of a warning in a lot of ways about what we do with our privilege and what we do when our with our allyship and what we just do with the power we hold in society in general and or even when mm-hmm. we're trying to be good and carol the witch is not listening <laughs> she's not <laughs> listening that is the problem here because he's right mednick as says so many things but she doesn't listen i think it's a lot of and a lot of the ways of who is writing the narrative and whose narrative you know carol the witch has a very specific narrative in her head of what is supposed to happen and right. she is she is um imposing that on another person without really asking for their consent and i think we do that in a lot of ways when we story tell right we we tell people a narrative and in life and in what we write right we we make certain people villains we make certain people good guys and we can't actually know all the time what people wanted or what they were thinking or their motivations Mm -hmm. and sometimes we fail to ask and we fail to inquire and we fail to see that perspective um Mm -hmm. Because maybe it does not suit our worldview (laughs) or because we don't want that to be the right answer. And even we do that in a lot of malicious ways or or obviously malicious ways. But we also, I think, 
what Rika is trying to say maybe is that we also do that when we try to do our best intentions and I think a good example of this is like the idea of colorblindness like mm-hmm. not the actual condition colorblindness like I don't see rays you know that's a narrative right. it is a very pretty narrative it is not a helpful narrative and when you try to impose that it causes problems just like carol trying to impose whatever she is trying to impose (laughs) on mednick like she wasn't i it's just and then i i think especially carol has so much power because then when she comes back she doesn't have to listen again and so what really carol the witch should have done is like ask mednick what agency do you want and like, do you even want me here? You know, right. <laughs> she just comes in and disappears at will. What, you know, what did she, what power did she really give to Mednick? Nothing. Right. It was a capriciousness. Mm, that is, that's so real. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, that's kind of said it better myself. Like Carol really was just like, I'm just going to decide for you what's better. And I'm actually going to decide what you need and what you want. Oh, yeah. You have opinions. I actually don't care because I just know better <laughs> because like, and it's funny because like, Carol's like, oh, like I, I'm horrified at how people are treating you, like you mm. being like subjugated in this way. But at the same time, you still rely on this social position that comes with that kind of subjugation yeah. to still like not listen to this person, right? It's like you seeing life. Metnick is like suffering or like being a victim in in this respect or being oppressed, like allows you to just walk in and be like, well, I'm going to save mm-hmm. you from your oppression. And it's just like, or you could just like listen to me or like just not even fucking come because no one even fucking asked you to be here. Like, <laughs> who the fuck are you, Carol? What? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so it's just like a lot of things where I'm just like, that is, that is just fucking ridiculous. Also, right? this is like such a stretch. It, like, I mean, just on brand for this whole episode because like, what the fuck was this episode? But like uh. the whole time with like... <laughs> Okay, this is like so like you're like even, I feel like even you're you're gonna be like bro this is like such like a ridiculous reference. I know like I'm not gonna break up Hazel. Hazel, I mean Hazel's still just like the littest. But um, <laughs> I, also if you don't know who Hazel is, just check out our small beauty episodes. I won't shut the fuck up about her in those. <laughs> but. Basically, like, so when Carol was like, so I actually was going to make you a prince, but then I'm actually just going to make you turn into, like, an average man and just experience everyday boring life and just be an everyday boring bitch. It brought me back to, like, do you remember that? I'm not sure if you ever watched, like, Bo 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 Bo, but, like, there was, like, this yes. episode where he, like, fought Holly Kulani, who was that bitch who, like, loved money. Like, he was, like, had this whole, <laughs> like, like amusement park and, like, loved money, was, like, the greediest bitch on the planet. And then Bo 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 literally, like, the episode where he defeated him, he, like, made Holly Kulani go through, like, everyday boring life, but it was, like, literally I'm anything dead. but boring and everyday. Like, the weirdest <laughs> shit happened. And it was, like, actually really exciting and, like, really compelling. And I was, like, that. I feel like that's what happened here with Prince Batman. Right. It was, like, oh, you you're gonna experience everyday boring life and he like fell in love was like getting right. married like got a job like <laughs> and he like was living like a life that was like active like he like had friends like it was like wait this is actually not this boring is actually really all. fulfilling and like this, right. this, this is fine and then carol was like you know i've been searching and i've just decided that um nah <laughs> and i'm just like okay okay carol okay carol but yes thanks for nothing carol <laughs> yeah so it just brought me back to my holly, holly kalani days but anywho i'm glad um, that bo- 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 <laughs> into the show. that's all we yeah. need <laughs> we need to do this anime episode because clearly like we're just i don't Thanks. know what this energy is but like jesus christ but i don't have any more thoughts akko were, were there any other things you want to say before we go into our you know you know our usual plugging section 
No, I think that's it. But if you have any thoughts on this episode, such as a hero that is a villain, a villain that is a hero, your thoughts on this book and how you want to buy it, why Rika Aoki is great or Toni Morrison is the queen or why Mm -hmm. Hazel is like the best dog ever. (laughs) (laughs) is just the tops and everyone loves her. The fact Um, that Hazel's name is adjacent to Toni Morrison's, (laughs) like, goddess. Like, literally just like fucking, oh, fucking Hazel, Jesus Christ. Like, I might change my name to Hazel, but anyway, moving on. I'm dead. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, you can at us at these color pages, um, at these color pages, or you can send us a message at these color pages at gmail.com, or you can go on our website, um, the color pages. These, these color pages. These color pages.com. I know my website. <clears throat> yeah. So those are all the ways you can reach us. Um, if you like this episode, just, you know, click that like button on the Apple or the Spotify or the Google or the Microsoft. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of them. Choose one. <laughs> yes. It definitely helps us a lot in terms of like building visibility. If you just want to, you know, like have these antics continue. Yes. Any sort of reviews <laughs> or ratings. super duper help us so like you know just like just hump your girls out you know we're just like trying to be podcasters like we're just trying to like like just you know like (laughs) do do what you can but um but yeah but is there anything else we should say before we before we head out no just until we see y'all again remember to stay stay colorful. colorful